You're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography, design, creativity, and more, with your hosts, Dave Clayton and Alan Hess. Hello and welcome to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws. Now, thank you for sticking with us. I do appreciate we've been very erratic this year, which is not ideal, um, but things get in the way, life gets in the way. I've been traveling, we've had a few events, work commitments, everything. Uh, it's a luxury worth having because I know when Alan and I were first doing episodes, you know, back to back to back, um, Alan had lost his work, you know, the, the pandemic had shut down his industry, but now he's probably busier than ever and with the eight hour difference you know we're trying to trying to get episodes together it's not to say we haven't got episodes because we've got a wonderful episode today with our guest Liz Mosley Liz is someone who I just came across on on the internet online um, started to look at her content and really really enjoyed it and then I signed up to a newsletter I listened to a podcast Um, she's very clever young lady uh, she runs her own business. Uh, she runs a branding agency as well. But she's a great instructor. She does Adobe Live. She's got courses. Uh, so her podcast is very good. Great, great advice. If you're a creative of any sort, really, if you're running your own business, uh, the guests and the advice she has are really good. And I found it really useful. Um, also decided you know, to engage with her as I always recommend if you come across somebody that you like following like our guest James Barnard we had a couple of weeks ago uh, about TikTok Uh, if you find someone that you enjoy their content contact them just say hi you know I found you on TikTok I found you on Instagram I love your content it's been really useful this particularly helped me out and engage with other creatives because most of them are nice and they will they will return your messages they will communicate with you um it's definitely worth reaching out and that's how you know i've got a lot of guests that come on the show that i've become sort of not fans of them but i uh i enjoy their content i appreciate their content and i learn a lot from it and and i'm not too old to learn i'm still learning all the time so liz was one of those guests also coming up i've got a two-parter with ian paget of logo geek now i was a guest on ian's podcast uh which was an absolute honor because ian's podcast is one of the standards the industry standards you should be listening to he's had so many great guests so many so much great advice he deals with so many good companies and just following go join his facebook group everything it's really good content and i wanted to get in on the show and talk to him about him um, and we chatted for so long as we always do that i need to split it into two parts so i've got a lot of editing to do there uh, but that will be coming out as well um, also got Glyn Dewis coming back, the, the original co-founder of He Shoots, He Draws. So Glyn's coming back for a couple of episodes. Myself, Glyn and Alan are going to do like a roundup of 2022 as well. Because sadly, although I got to go out to San Diego and spend some time with Alan, we were so busy and had some other things going on that we needed to deal with that we didn't really get a chance to sit down and record an episode while we were there. Um, so we didn't really do our Adobe Max roundup as we normally would have done. But we will include that in the roundup of the year because we both gained a lot from it. Um, it really has been a, a, a very strange 2022. It's probably, you know, been the most normal kind of year since uh, since everything all went uh, a little bit wrong. But it's been enjoyable. It's been great still focusing on design work and events and keeping the podcast going. And, and it's, it's not that it's a chore keeping it going. We love doing it. It's just I wish we could... Um, put more time to it so 2023 we are going to try and schedule a little bit more regularly 
uh, at least two episodes a month one way or another uh, some will be topic related some will be guests it'll be myself alan will be on glenn will come back on occasionally and another another few friends will come on to talk about topics as well so if there's anything you do want to hear about or you want our opinion on or want to ask us about you've only got to email us at podcast at he shoots he draws dot com or contact us on social media and trust me i, I talked to liz about this in the episode uh, about we really do encourage you to contact us because, you know, I did a giveaway and you kind of think you, you'll get quite a few emails and you don't. Honestly, if we're giving something away or we, you know, we want to hear from you, we genuinely do want to hear from you. I try, I try to respond to all the comments and everything we get on social media or on Twitter or on Instagram. I've not delved into TikTok yet. I'm not quite there. I enjoy consuming it rather than creating for it. Um, but Facebook, email, you know, the, you can get hold of us. And please, if really, if there's honestly anything you want to know about, um, please do ask because we'd love to include include those questions in the podcast as well. So uh, I'm not going to blather on much longer. Uh, I'm going to hand over to the episode with myself and Liz. And uh, like I said, there'll be some episodes coming up before Christmas and into the new year. So thank you for sticking with us. Really do appreciate it. And I uh, hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you next time. So over to me and Liz. Hello, welcome to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws podcast. And it feels like forever since I've said those words. Um, we've been away for quite quite a break now. Um, but this episode tonight I really wanted to get because I met this wonderful person at Adobe Max who I've been following online for a little while. That sounds weird, but in a good way. And um, luckily enough, as I do with most of my adobe connected friends we never meet in the countries we live in um but we always meet on the other side of america so my guest today is liz mosley uh liz, yep. welcome to the show hey thanks for having me <laughs> um yeah obviously it was the same we were we were both at adobe max i know um, yeah we met in la <laughs> not in the uk <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy to think i remember when that was coming up i was so looking forward to it because it obviously been online for a couple of years and really wanted to get back and see everybody and I had a nine-day trip and I was just thinking oh man this is going to be so good it's going to like feel like two weeks before I knew it my backside was back on that plane coming I home know. it goes and so fast doesn't it yeah so for you obviously I mean I'm a I'm a Max veteran now um this was your first Adobe Max it was my first ever Adobe Max yeah and <laughs> I mean, obviously, you've you've been to things over here, but what was the what was the process of you being at Max? Because let's talk about who you are and what you do first. Let's let listeners okay. know your background, who you are, before they start wondering why you're just invited to Adobe Max. <laughs> yeah, okay. So someone sits down next to you, says, "Liz, what do you do for a living?" What's the stock answer? So. The stock answer, I would just say that I was a graphic designer and it really annoys my husband because he's really jealous that I can just say in two words what I do. And everyone's reaction is like, oh, cool. Like that's what everyone's reaction is. Whereas he has got like a really complicated, hard to explain job. Like and then finance he, systems yeah. analyst. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not finance, but along those lines where it's just like not easy to explain. So yeah, he, I, so I would say graphic designer, but if I was going to do like a more expanded answer, um, I have sort of specialized in branding design for small businesses. So that's kind of my like niche, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Um, but I'm also the sort of person that likes doing loads of different things. So I also host a podcast. 
Um, now I do quite a bit of stuff with Adobe, which I'm sure we'll chat about. Yeah. Um, I have done some courses as well to help small business owners. Um, so I feel like I'm always doing a few different things, never, never just one thing, which is kind of how I like it. I know that's the thing now when I tell people what I do and, and obviously like for me, half my life uh, had, didn't even have computers and the second half did. So like half my life, I've been able to be part of the graphic design community in one way or another, but you know, half of it was just random jobs. But I always feel, I always feel like saying I'm a graphic designer isn't enough mm. because it's a very, it's like saying I'm an artist, but yeah. what, what, what kind of It's artist? very vague. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's a bit like when people say, uh, oh, what did you do at uh, college? Oh, I did media studies. <laughs> what does that even mean? yeah what is it yeah, oh I know so what it was you went to college you had no clue what you wanted to be and you left college <laughs> still having no clue what you wanted to be apologies to all those that did media studies <laughs> um, but yeah I think I think like graphic design now in fact we'll go we'll, we'll start in a different direction because I really wanted to talk about this I think traditionally when I think of a graphic designer when I was starting out and it was more in desktop publishing for me because it was like Cork Express the Mac had come out mm. and that was the thing that really floated my boat and now as we've kind of evolved and Adobe software's turned into subscription, which I love, and it's now everyone's got all the tools. I think a graphic designer today is like such, you're not a graphic designer, you're a content creator in a graphic design environment mm. because you're not, I mean, you specifically, um, you're not just a graphic designer, you know, you're doing classes you're creating a podcast you're doing social media content you're doing yeah uh videos you're doing all the things i don't <laughs> <laughs> no that's it's, not true <laughs> well it was a it was a path i chose not to go down but i really admire uh young designers now because i just love watching the growth of them and mm. and like watching what you've done and seeing, I know we talked previously and you call yourself an extrovert, which I think helps because you want to be doing stuff and being out there. But I have to take my hat off to, to people, you know, younger designers like yourself, because you're, you're kind of, you know, you're a manager of what you do because you can't just sit and be a graphic designer all day. You can't just sit and create the content, the, you know, the design content, the illustrator part of it it's all this other stuff around it. And that's what I spoke to James about as well. James Barnard, who mm. is a mutual friend is a small percentage of your, of your week is probably sat in front of illustrator doing actual design. And then you've got all this other stuff you have to do. And we were just talking off air about managing a podcast. Mm. Is, do you, was that something you kind of naturally gravitated towards? Like did, were you designing thinking, I want to be doing more than this. I need to be doing more than this. Or was it a necessity? I, do you know what? I'm not, it's just sort of evolved that way. Cause in, so I, when I first, so basically Facebook started while I was at university. So when I first started working as a designer, like we didn't have Instagram, social media was still like, wasn't, mm. you know, it was, it was just starting. It wasn't really a thing. So it was still very like the way people, marketed themselves yeah. at that point was very different and in fact it wasn't even something that you thought about that as a designer you were going to have to sort of market yourself you know it was still quite traditional you'd like come out of university you'd get your like massive printed portfolio you know in your nice leather folder yeah. and you'd sort of like basically go out to different design studios and stuff like that and so I feel like it's something 
that's I guess kind of evolved quite slowly over the last 10 years and I actually feel like I'm a bit behind you know like when I look at um sort of the younger designers than me again you know like they are just so on it with their content creation um and I feel like I'm sort of still working it all out and looking on at them thinking like wow you have like hit the ground running you know you've only been out of university like one year and you've got like 150,000 subscribers on YouTube or whatever and I'm like wow yeah they've almost Um, built like a a self-made startup yeah uh, that yeah it's like where all right yeah you've got the energy you're young but the hours in the day I'm not just seeing this curated content and yeah I mean, one, one of the people I love watching on YouTube apart from the fact I like the guy and I like his content it's I love the editing the storytelling and the editing and then I sit and think how long must it take him to put this mm. together is Casey Neistat you watch okay. any one of his films and you see the amount of footage he's mm. recorded. And I think that's just video. That's not yeah. just his job. So when I see this really great video content online with these youngsters and the editing and and they had some of the TikTok people at Max, mm. which was quite weird because I felt really, really odd because <laughs> I did, I must admit, I did kind of start watching TikTok during lockdown, much to m- many people's like, what? just watching children dancing no yeah Um, I follow like people who do I follow graphic designers comedians um I follow people who who share excel tips yes that there's that there is that you know nonsense on there but the tiktok um community uh I started like following these people this is really clever this is really clever and there was um I was on Aaron Traplin's booth for the three days helping out and you know, just sometimes your brain sees someone and it recognizes them and it knows you know them, but not quite sure where. Yeah. And as I was just like rolling up a poster, I sort of looked over and this girl walked past uh, with blonde hair, sparkly shoes. And I was like, I know you. <laughs> I know you. Why yeah. Do I know you. And as she walked away, I was like, oh, wow, that's that ke- girl Kelly off of TikTok who does the she does the dancing and she like edits oh stuff. yeah kelly dactyl oh my goodness yeah. i was so starstruck when i saw her i was like wow and then it's <laughs> she's like, like celebrity status yeah, yeah totally but celebrity status on tiktok i know yeah it's and, wild and it's I was just changed so much the, the tiktok design community i think really opened my eyes because it opened the door to a lot more designers mm. um and creatives and obviously there's a lot you have to wade through you know there are the, the people who are putting in the effort get seen and there's a there's a lot of rubbish on there <laughs> I mean you and I both know from like technique point of view you go on and see some of the techniques people are showing and it's just oh, that's probably me <laughs> <laughs> but it's obviously it's part it's part of the world that we live in now that mm. we have to, we have to share that content and and I'm, I've said it on this podcast before um, like remember when you're at school doing an exam and you kind of sit there and you put your arm over the paper and you, you nobody didn't want anyone to, to see and that's what the community used to be like nobody mm. would share their tips everything was a secret oh no they're gonna t- they're gonna take my secret they're gonna if I tell them what to do they're gonna take all my work and I'll never get any now look at YouTube yeah everyone's crawling all over each other to, so you can find to, the information yeah and and that's become part of oh the thing is there what I, f- I find and this is where you're different is you are a very good graphic designer and you run a business where there are people who only show techniques 
on there, which is great for going to learn, but I don't see them as designers. I see them as mm. kind of assets to the design community. So when you first started thinking, do you know what? I'm going to put myself on camera and I'm going to going to share me with the world. Did you have a plan for that or did it just, did something just happen one day and you went, oh, I'm going to do that and share you it? Know, yeah, I never had a plan for it. Basically, I think what what got me into, I guess, sharing sort of, I don't, I do like, uh, the, I don't do this exclusively, but I do set, mm. share some like tutorials and things like that. Um, and that's kind of what sort of got me going with TikTok. But I think basically maybe at the beginning of 2020, so sort of beginning of lockdown, I um, saw someone marketing a course that was like about improving your video content. And I was like, oh, that would be that would be really helpful. You know, why not give my give that a go? I'd started to think of myself at that point more like a business because basically in lockdown, I and I um was just coming off the back of my second maternity leave and so I was starting to get back into like work zone like how can I grow this I'd sort of taken a step back and um so I did this course and I had made a tutorial about how to make a pat a repeat pattern because I feel it's like something that I'd learned how to do really enjoyed doing and it's something that like people find a bit confusing so I made this it was when like IGTV yeah. uh, videos were around. So I made this uh, tutorial, um, like I made this fun like gift title cover and I like put it all together, put it on Instagram and people responded really well to it. And I actually got a job from it. So basically wow. um, this lady saw it and she was starting a kid's clothing company and she was like, could you design a pattern for me? And I was like, uh, yeah, dream job, like a pattern that's going to go on clothing. Yeah. I'd love to. So I did that. And then I just I just kind of really enjoyed it and started doing more and more um, tutorials and then started then dabbling in courses. So basically the sort of course, it all it's basically all accidental, right? Something happens. It's the best way. I know. So what happened with the um with the course thing is so you know um how you can get access gifts in Instagram they call them like gift stickers so that you put yes. on your stories yeah. so basically I think I was the last person in the world to get that functionality on Instagram and it drove me crazy because I desperately wanted to use them but it, like they always roll these things out to everybody like gradually and I was literally like I'm the last person to get this I, I still can't swipe up I can't oh. do the swipe up for more I've not got enough followers <laughs> but everyone can do that oh no no no, no one can swipe can, up now you can but you, you can, can put links a link in. oh yeah. yeah oh my goodness yeah anyway so then I um eventually got that feature and I was like I'm gonna make myself some gifts because I I don't like any of the ones that I find mm. so I made myself a bunch of gifts just load worked out how to you know like get them up there they were on Instagram. I like talked about them loads and people started using them and like tagging me in them, sending me like if someone famous had used them in their stories, someone would see it and send it to me. And I wasn't really paying that much attention. But one day I looked at the stats and my gifts had had over a billion views. And I was wow. like, what? <laughs> anyway, so off the back of that. Sorry, this is a bit of a long rambly story. No, but off the that's back... <laughs> sorry, but that is one eighth of the planet. I know it's bonkers I mean it's I don't think that's how many people have like seen them but it's like how many times they've been used yeah, yeah. but yeah um but anyway off the back of that I got asked to do so uh have you heard of creative mornings it's yes. like a yeah. yeah so creative mornings had 
sort of pivoted to do these virtual field trips so before covid you did like a field trip where you'd go to a physical place and it was like really creative and all this sort of stuff but they did these um virtual field trips where, which were basically like mini workshops so someone asked me to do a tutorial on how to make a gif and how to like upload it so that people could use it on instagram and so i was absolutely terrified um because i hadn't done that much teaching online at this point and so I was, but I'm the sort of person who, even if something terrifies me, I just say yes to it. And then I worry about, I usually like yeah. lose sleep about it afterwards. So of course I, say I can yes. ride a horse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm like, ride a horse. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do this. So I did this workshop and like 300, 350 people from all over the world turned up and it was like, oh my goodness. So I taught, I taught this workshop. Um, it all went really well. And then I was chatting to a friend of mine called Manexia, who's in marketing. And I was telling her, I was like, oh yeah, my gifts have had this many views. And that, and I was like, and I did a workshop and 350 people came and she was like, Liz, you have to make a course on how to do this immediately. And so thanks to her, I did it. Um, I set myself a deadline. I announced that the course was going to launch before I'd made it because otherwise I never would have got it done and then I made I made this course and now I think like over 600 people have done the course or something but anyway so this is all a long rambly story no, how I sort of podcast, got it's what we need <laughs> so that's sort of how I then just got into like creating yeah like tutorials just trying all sorts of different things different ways of like sharing my work sharing my content like all the way the while still doing client work you know like there's always been sort of like that thread going through yeah. but I do really enjoy just sort of finding different ways to um yeah I guess like show up on social media show up online and I think because you know like I'm specializing in branding for small businesses and actually you know like the opportunities that they've got to market themselves online are so vast now I kind of feel like I need to be trying it all so that I can give them exactly you know, yeah. what they need to actually use their branding effectively um because I've got experience of you know doing it for myself so that I think that's kind of like the thinking behind it but most of it is all <laughs> accidental but that's what I love I say my favorite word serendipity because it's like mm. the happy accidents and I'm the same I never god I was so I was like so shy when I was younger and the thought of speaking in public or, you know, I mean, even now I don't really like being on camera. It's not something I've like got used to. So, I'm, you know, I don't do Instagram live. I don't do Facebook live. I don't do Twitter live. I don't, I don't do any live content. And yet I make a living out of doing this. Mm. And it's something I've kind of chosen not to do at the moment. I will be doing more of it, but I have to like get the confidence of doing it. But the thing, the opportunities I've had for speaking and teaching and recording content have just been like a connection, a happy accident. Mm. Uh, mentioned something to someone and and they said, "Well, why don't you do that?" You know, yeah. and, oh, and I, mine is always, "Yeah, but someone else has already done it." And things were like, "Yeah, it's it doesn't matter. I want to watch you do it." Yeah, it took me a while. To, yeah, it took me a while to get around that as well. And that, I put off starting a podcast for the longest time because I was like everybody else everyone else has started a podcast um and then it was a friend of mine who is a podcast producer and she now edits mine she was just like that Liz like the thing that she said that was really helpful is that no one listens to just one podcast people listen to like I don't know 40 or 50 yeah. or like dipping and out and she was like there's still like space for everybody and so I was like oh okay I'm gonna do it because I know that I'll probably really enjoy it um but yeah I think it is really hard 
when when you're consuming so much content from so many people, it's really hard to, not to think, oh well, they're doing it better. Why shall I? Why shall I bother? Or yeah, like there's plenty of people already doing this. Um, but I think like you, you're totally spot on. Like I'm not gonna be for everybody. You know, like not everyone's gonna want to learn from me in yeah. the same way that I. There's certain people that I see what they're sharing online, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that's good. You know what you're talking about, but actually. I don't know, there's something about you that just means that you're not the right person for me to learn yeah. from. And that's absolutely fine. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, the, I'm very, I'm very specific, like how I curate who I follow, who I watch, because mm. it does become a, it becomes like, well, it's a very personal thing. Learning, teaching and learning is a very personal thing because um, obviously you want an audience to watch what you're doing. And like you said, you found, you found a thing realized you wanted to do it you did it and then you created something from it and that became really useful and as soon as you see that first person solve that problem you kind of have a bit of loyalty to them it's like mm. okay so what else you got and yeah then i've i've seen so many designers it was one of the things we used to talk about on the podcast in the early days where um everything's a fad so there was all these designers that are like, I'm going to have a podcast. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to have this. And I'm going to have that. And nothing stuck. Mm. And the podcast, you know, stopped after four episodes. The The weekly live Q&A stopped because they just lost focus with it. And there was no continuity. But then they come back and go, hey, hi, I'm back. And everyone's like, yeah, we've moved on. Yeah, yeah. No, we didn't yeah. sit around waiting for you. Like, don't, don't, don't announce you're going to be off social media. It's not an airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no departure announcement required <laughs> so you now it's so much harder because the content has to keep being created and mm. and obviously from what you've done because i'm going to move into adobe live here mm. you were creating content you're obviously running your business where did that connection with adobe live come in all of a sudden you're like you're not doing just your thing you're now teaching it to the world <laughs> i've watched some of your stuff i even watched one the other day because i'm just dabbling my toes into a um adobe express oh yeah and i was watching one of your videos mm -hmm. and and what i love was the fact that you weren't kind of um this is a massive this is a compliment by the way <laughs> you weren't like all cheesy and overproduced mm. like hi <laughs> welcome to the adobe express hour with me liz mosley <laughs> yeah you're like hi welcome uh today we're going to be doing this and like you may if you make a little mistake you're like oh that wasn't meant to happen okay let's do this and oh my I'm goodness like, i'm always <laughs> but i love that because it feels yeah. like i'm sat with my friend and we're going through it together rather than a super over slickly produced cheesy mm -hmm. you know where they're talking all of a sudden they do that side thing to another camera <laughs> and then come back and it's like but um so yeah well, how did i mean adobe live I know when I started getting asked to do stuff for Adobe and it was like, oh, the mothership. I know. So, yeah. It's so uh, it's another yours? like long rambling Go for story. it. <laughs> but basically, well, I, I kind of attribute it to the podcast. So basically I didn't know, but a lovely guy called James from the Adobe UK marketing team started following me on Instagram. I had no idea. And basically one day I put up a post on stories just being like, oh, I'm going to, I'm looking for 
sponsors for the podcast and so he sent me a dm and was just like send me over the info and i obviously freaked out and was like oh my goodness as if anyway i sent him over the info my podcast wasn't big enough you know like at that point it wasn't you know it wasn't big enough which was absolutely fine i mean i wasn't really expecting anything to come from it but just the fact that he asked i was so flattered um but unbeknownst to me he um recommended me to his colleague who was putting together um, the Europe Adobe Express ambassador sort of program. So they were really well established in the US, but they wanted to start something similar in in Europe, you know, get people from the UK. And so out of the blue, at the beginning of this year, I got an email being like, you know, we'd love you to be an Adobe Express ambassador. Would you be interested? Can we hop on a call? I hopped on a call with them. I was like, this sounds incredible. I would absolutely love to. And it and what was really nice is that it fitted really well with the, the content that I was creating. So a lot of the content I was creating at that point was um, helping small businesses who potentially couldn't afford to outsource their work to a designer. So obviously yeah. I'm working with the clients who do want to pay me, but I was also like, I want to help the people who are like maybe early on in their business or it's quite small. So actually it felt really like aligned um, with what I was already sharing. Yeah. So it felt like a really good fit. So it was like an easy yes for me. So I was doing that, absolutely loving it. And then I think I don't, they're just, the, all the people that I've worked with at Adobe have been so lovely and they basically would just sort of recommend me to different people. So then the um, the Adobe Express ambassador people recommended me to the Adobe Live people. And then, cause they were wanting to do an, a, 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 a sort of, well, we started off as fortnightly, but they wanted to do a regular Adobe Express stream. And so then I got w- welcomed into the Adobe Live team, which has been absolutely amazing. Have met all these incredible people and I just really love working with them. And what's been so nice for me is that actually, you know, the classic sort of issue, well, not issue, but the classic struggle of being self-employed, you know, I was just sitting at home on my own doing my work. Um, and now one sort of part of my work, I'm part of a team and I feel like I've got colleagues and I, yeah. we have, you know, like we have a meeting every week. I see them really regularly. We do these lives together and it's just been so nice to have an area of my work life where it's not just me I'm part of something a bit bigger um, and it just all fits really well with what I was already doing um, and it's sort of like a nice continuation of you know the podcast um, the workshops the courses all that kind of thing so yeah it's that so that's the long story of no, how I got great. into doing the Adobe lives because I think it I think it's like you said it suits you because um you know, as graphic designers, we we deal mostly with smaller businesses, and very every once in a while, you get to work with a big company. But for the most part, you like you said, you've got people who can't afford to outsource, but do want to start a business, and mm. actually sometimes do want to do their own thing because you know, give a man a fish kind of thing. Mm. Um, and and, and I don't really want to be creating so everyone's social. You know, like I I want to create their branding, but I don't want to be like necessarily creating every social media post they ever create and so actually stuff like adobe express means that i can get it all set up for them and they can do the sort of um less exciting not less exciting because i enjoy doing it for myself but you know i don't want to be i don't want my clients to be messaging me being like oh can you quickly do this post for me for tomorrow or can you quickly do this for me it's admin i see that as admin now part of that social media management is admin unless someone's going to pay you a very high amount of money to do all that i think the best thing to do is say 
I do go on holiday. I do have children. I do, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and yeah. when you want that, de- desperately want that, you've now got a tool that you can use that is mm. available that is so easy that yeah. I can teach you how to do that. And then when you want to expand and grow, you come to me and, and we, we can take that further. Yeah. And then you can outsource it down the line. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and then people yeah. recommend you because you've, I've said this so many times to designers is, like don't be scared to, to give work away don't be scared mm. to not do something with a client because they'll trust you more yeah for recommending someone because you've gone you know like I don't I don't know if I can commit to that at the moment or you know mm. my work skills is really but I know this guy he's a really good friend of mine he does a lot of my work mm. I'm going to put you on to him I've now created trust with two people the, yeah. the client wanted it and my designer friend and he's going to help me out and I think just like keeping it moving like keeping keeping the work moving within your community is great and the fact that if they've got that oh how did i do that again they can jump on adobe live and go and see your back catalog mm-hmm. which is great because it's all stored there for you it's know you just type YouTube, in your name yeah. and it's like there you <laughs> go it's like yeah. net- netflix of lismos <laughs> it does it does still sometimes freak me out though because um a little while ago unbeknownst to me the marketing team obviously decided that one of the videos they were gonna put ad spend behind and so basically this one of my um lives on youtube it was like unless you've got the like paid for youtube it was like everywhere like i had friends messaging me being like i was just watching something with my kid and this popped up and yeah. i was like oh my goodness and i think now it's had something like you know 350,000 views and i was like whoa hang on a minute i wasn't quite ready for that but um i mean not everyone watches it all the way through or anything you know so it doesn't necessarily mean you know what the numbers say but it's still yeah it's quite interesting i guess it's quite interesting now reaching quite a different audience than I was before yeah and the landscape has changed so much as well because I remember back in the day you know original photoshop original illustrator and then I remember the um creative suite um like cs one two three four five six and then when it went to subscription and I was like all for subscription I absolutely loved what they did and and I was fighting so many battles that one of the guys from Adobe just said to me one day, like, Dave, seriously, the people who are complaining, um, this is going to sound harsh, but I get what he meant. He said, the people who are complaining are not the people we're concerned about because the people who understand what we're doing, the big businesses, the people who make a living from, from this, this is better for them. Mm. And my argument, you know, was always going back was, have you ever used a pirate version? Oh, so you used to steal it and now you've got to pay for it. You don't like mm, it. Yeah. But back in the day, we had to kind of choose. Do we want to own Photoshop or do we want to own Illustrator or Dreamweaver or Flash mm. or Image Ready? Or Whereas now you get it all. You pay your subscription. Everything. You so yeah, now, totally. now you become this kind of all singing, all dancing circus of mm. of content that you can now... Do your own video, do your own audio, you know, record your podcast and edit in audition and mm. um, do After Effects. And uh, I mean, I haven't opened Dreamweaver in forever, but <laughs> yeah. we, we've got all these tools. And then they put on top of that the apps and you suddenly mm. now can use all the apps. And then you've got Capture and then you've got, which I absolutely love Adobe Capture. Um, then you've got Adobe Express. And it's like there's no there's no excuse not to be creative, but it's also very, very overwhelming. And yeah. that's why I think with Adobe Live particularly is it's a great first place to go 
to find something that you know is going to be curated, quality checked and useful because, you know, YouTube, you don't know. I, you know, anyone can create anything and put it on YouTube. Anyone can create anything, put it on TikTok. What I love about Adobe Live is, and we're not sponsored by that, by the way, <laughs> yeah. is the fact that I've always said, it, go, like, go to source first because that's, that's, that Adobe aren't going to put stuff out that isn't worthy or isn't good. Mm-hmm. And I've started to watch more and more of that and i love watching office hours because i got got to know nick longo and andrew Pogradle through other connections and you know even um got a name drop now but this this is more like i was just a bloke from london like much older than 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 my peers that got an opportunity to do stuff and like next minute i'm staying at terry white's house Jason Levine's a friend, Paul Tranny's mm. a friend, um, Julianne Cost, like we just send each other messages, Russell Preston Brown, and I went that 10 years ago, these were You people. never would have believed no, that you were, yeah. And, and that I can walk, and I, I, I remember going to my first Max, and I got to know Russell through Photoshop World, through Kelby One, and, and I remember going to Max, and I was saying to someone, um, Oh yeah, I, I got it yesterday. So I went that I went down to the um, pre-con room to go and say hello to Russell, and they were like, "Oh, have you got a mate over here?" I went, "No, Russell, Russell, Russell Preston Brown, Russell." And he went, "How did you get anywhere near that?" I said, "Well, because I just went down and asked if I could say hello." And as it turned out, Russell was dressed up as something and came out. Was like, "Dave," and come over and give me a big hug, and we were chatting. And he was like, "You know, Russell Pres- Russell Preston Brown." I said. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's a person who does a thing that I've met, and like, I'm not a fanboy of anybody. <laughs> I just admire who they are, mm. and and I can't even remember how I got to know all the others, but like all the evangelist team, all of a sudden, you know, I'm on first name terms with them, and I'm sitting having a chat with them, and and you know, not not like friends, friends as we go on holiday and that, but I, if I walk up to them, they know who I am, and we can talk about things that that kind of stuff um it just like makes me feel so good because it feels like i've done something right for people not to roll their eyes when i walk into a room that's the that <laughs> thing, thing i've always wanted to avoid is like people being oh for f-, you know when oh God, <laughs> it. so i mean maybe, maybe people do do that but being part of that adobe family over the years has just been uh like one of the biggest honors of you know representing the company that i i've learned a living from that's mm. why i supported them all through that creative cloud subscription phase because it's like you've got all the tools we can get all this now we can be more creative do it i want to you know i want to learn to do this i want to learn to do that mm. and i think you just say and do the right things and people see that you mean well and you're not just doing it for free stuff mm. um, and before you know it, you know, you go. I got some them. great Adobe Express socks though, Max. <laughs> <laughs> I got some, I got the green and black socks. Oh, yeah. Not, nice. Yeah, yeah. I um, came back with three pairs of socks. I was like, this is a good haul. <laughs> oh, the last one I came back with, there's normally, I had a pair in here earlier. Um, they did these really awesome Adobe Illustrator socks, uh. which I've got feet like a canoe so generally most of the free socks don't fit me I put them on and they rip but these Adobe Illustrator socks were brilliant because they were big 
Mm. And uh, I still wear them now. (laughs) They're the little like freebies and giveaways that you get. So, okay, you've done Adobe Live and next thing you're at Adobe Max. So, yeah, talk us talk us through that. I mean, that was so that was part of the Adobe Express um, ambassador program. So um, they did like a pre-conference and they invited a bunch of the ambassadors to come along I never in my wildest dreams expected that I would be invited because you know it's like the other side of the world yeah and then in the summer I sort of they they'd sort of like asked the question you know who was interested in going probably everybody was like yeah I'm interested I was at the time I was a bit like oh I would love to go but my kids are still quite little and I was like oh you know it would have been the long it would be the longest time I've like left them yeah. all this kind of stuff but I was like oh, I'll just fill in the form anyway it's never gonna happen and then basically in the summer I got an email being like we'd love to invite you to come and I was like oh my goodness I stupidly read the email like at about I don't know 11 o'clock at night just before I went to bed and then proceeded to not be able not to sleep, sleep the whole yeah. night because I was so excited and then like in the morning I had to like sort of tell my husband and be like so you're fine with me going away for a week aren't you you're you're, you're fine with the kids yeah yeah you support me don't you yeah yeah and he totally did um and he was like yeah you've got to go and it was just yeah it was an amazing experience and I think everything that you sort of talk about really resonates like I'm so new to this world but just the community the the sort of community feel of it and the friendliness has really surprised me because I am very much I remember exactly what you described where when I was at uni everyone was so secretive and they didn't want to tell anyone I remember like my friend you know like I'd be like oh where did you get that from and she'd be like really coy about it and wouldn't want to tell me and now I just feel like it isn't it doesn't feel like it. I mean, there's always going to be people now like that. Like, but it I got it from here. Click on my affiliate link. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Share and follow. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's just totally changed. But it's I've just been really blown away by the, yeah, by the community and like um like we've got a mutual friend Tony Harmer yeah. and he has just been just incredible like he he's just taken me under his wing like he made he made like my first max like a really fun experience because he took me under his wing introduced me to loads of people showed me around you know it was was really because I already knew him from Adobe Live it was really nice to know that um and we'd like met in person and stuff already so it was really nice to know that there was going to be people there that I actually um knew and he you know like looked out for me yeah and yeah so it was really fun yeah, and like you said, just you know, introduced me to all these people, and I was a bit like starstruck. <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Wow!" Um, yeah, like I, you were working on the Aaron Aaron Draplin stand, and he was like, "Hey, come over and meet Aaron." I was like, yeah. "Okay." Um, so yeah, it was it was really it was really fun, and you couldn't just... ask for anyone better than Tony. To I know be your guide for that week either. We joked that he was my Adobe dad for yeah. the week, so he basically just like looked after me and made sure I was okay and everything. It was really fun. No, he's great. I so I met Tony through Adobe UK, and okay. um, I tr- I can't even. I think we were at an event somewhere. I think I went to an Adobe Live back in the day. They used to have these events in London called Adobe Live, and I and I must have met Tony through. He's one of those people that I can't pinpoint the day we first met, mm. but I do remember uh, like a couple of a t- couple of instances where our friendship really cemented, and now we probably speak two or three times a week like 
he'll just ring and we'll just chat for an hour and we just talk about it. and we did actually do a little podcast for a while yeah, yeah. he told me about that yeah, I, li- I had a little listen <laughs> it, it was funny I, I kind of wish we kept it going but neither of us really had the time so we mm. we treat it like the secret podcast that might come back one day it might not yeah but um tony was quite instrumental in in 2016 uh i had been working for a company called kelby one mm-hmm. um it's a guy called scott kelby and it was the national association of photoshop professionals that was kind of my in to the industry and i started going and being introduced to people there and then through that i met this really lovely lady called kathy and she could kind of sense my enthusiasm and joy for this because you know I'm an English person I've gone over to America I'm paying it out my own pocket you know I'm wanting to be around everybody and I'd sort of made a half mention that god I can't even imagine what Adobe Max must be like for you because this is you know 600 to a thousand people and you're dealing with 6,000 to 10,000 she went oh, have you never been I said, no, I mean, I couldn't afford it for a start. It, you know, flight, hotel and a ticket. I'm, my, my wife would divorce me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let alone being away for a week when we just had newborn children. You know, both yeah. my girls were, were tiny. And um, she said, leave it with me. I was like, okay. And then I did Photoshop World and then got back. And that was the first year I taught at Photoshop World. Um and my projector broke down after 40 minutes in my hour session oh, no. as well. And, I t- and it was the first time I've told this story before on the podcast. It was the first time I'd ever spoken in public and I was 50. So I'd never and done that. Yeah. Pro- but the buzz I got from doing it was like, why have I left it this long? Doing mm. it? So like Kathy got in touch with me when I got home and she said, like, we do this thing called, um, it's a teaching assistant ticket so basically you come to adobe max you have to pay for yourself to get there and you have to find your own accommodation um but you get your ticket for free but you have to work for it so you have to be a teaching assistant in some of the sessions i can get you the ticket if you can get yourself there and i was like how can i say no Mm -hmm. to this opportunity because if i turn this down like i'm i'm not going to get i'm not going to get offered this again so I saved up and I sold some stuff and I, you know, sold it to my wife. And luckily it was in San Diego. Alan Hess, who does the podcast with me, lives in San Diego. So I've got accommodation. Um, I got a really cheap flight as well, which was brilliant. And when I got there, it was just, uh, it was like being in Las Vegas for the first time. Mm. where everything's just wow this thing's it's like big lights isn't it yeah. i mean it's just it's and the, well from what tony was telling me this one back after covid was smaller than they were in the past oh. and this felt like huge to me so i can't yeah. even imagine what they were like like before and i've got a friend who works in events um and i obviously shared loads of stories about being there and she was like liz that looks like the most amazing event i have ever seen just in terms of like the production level you know like all the details yeah. just all all the elements she was like lapping it up she was like this is amazing um, the one the one we just went to was less than half the size I know. of the last one they did but the san diego one i went to was about the size of this it was about okay. six to eight thousand so yeah um and san diego is a great big conference hall as well so it's pretty massive scale but me and tony were on the same flight out so oh, cool. we kind of got to sit with each other and sort of that's one of the moments where we really cemented our friendship we kind of knew each other but we got bonded, to stick together yeah yeah and then we bonded at max and part of um 
I also got the job at Astute Graphics. I got introduced to the guys at Astute Graphics, who I'm going to tell you about afterwards, because I'm going to get you into that. Oh, I've met them. I met them at an oh. event in London. They're so lovely. Oh, yeah. I t- t- tell you <laughs> They're what, amazing. I've, I've, said, I've said it before, and, and I don't think I'll ever stop saying it. It's the best job I've ever had in the world. Mm. And I've not been there for a year and three months. And I'm still heartbroken. I don't work for them. Mm. It was COVID. I had to be let go because of COVID. Yeah. Finances. And uh, I've just, I, I love the company. I love the people. I hate that I don't work for them, but I love doing stuff for them. And so I got introduced to Nick and Camilla um, through a mutual friend, uh, Jesus Ramirez, who does a lot of Adobe Live stuff. Mm. And, and that's when I got the job. And then, then we got Aaron Draplin to come over to London and Tony helped me get the sponsorship from a day. I just contacted him and said, if I could get Aaron Draplin over, could you get the sponsorship? And he went, you're not going to get Aaron Draplin over. I said, oh no, he's already said yes. I just need sponsorship. Leave it with me. And then we did this big event and Aaron came over and that was kind of how this, the relationship with Aaron started. Mm. And, and I'm very much like, I think being older now, I think works in my favor because to me everyone's just a person who's good at something and I admire them for what they do mm. I don't fanboy them I don't um like oh I want to be your friend so I want free stuff I yeah. just enjoy being part of it and yeah you know and I, and I, I enjoyed it and fortunately um because I started teaching more I got to go back and do more Adobe Maxes and then when it then when my book came out was when it went um online for two years so I got to teach for online for two years and then because nice. when it came back in person it was I'd kind of had the for in person but then the news came back and said actually we're not going to do it as big as we were and it means mm. we're going to scale back on speakers and unfortunately like we've really got to scale back so not this time and then I got the email from Russell that just said you're coming to Adobe Max aren't you I went yeah he said you can you can be a TA, yeah. Okay, you can come do my precon. I was like, yeah, okay, brilliant. <laughs> and then he said, oh, and you're going to teach in my precon as well. Like, okay. <laughs> and so uh, then you were there teaching, and then so I was there teaching, and it was great because I did get to teach at Max. And I got to do the precon. I would love to do a big, like a big proper class there, and hopefully next year. But but just being part of that world and seeing the community, like you said, you. Tony introduced you to people and mm. they'll become friends and that that community I'm actually chatting to Sylvia tomorrow did you meet Sylvia oh I think I did yeah yeah so she's in charge of the Adobe community um what used to be the Adobe professional community she it's, it's got a whole new brand in now mm-hmm. um, so I'm oh I know who you mean yeah I don't think I met her but I've heard about her yeah. I know who you mean. yeah so, yeah um, so but it's nice I still keep getting introduced to new people at Adobe mm. and it's just lovely that when I look online and the thing with Astute that was good was I got intro- I, I introduced myself to so many great designers to get them on board mm. that now developing relationships with, with designers for me graphic design's a bit like football it's like I support these people I like following mm. them I like consuming their content I like learning from them just because I like watching them and I can't see them in person so I watch them online um and I definitely think what you've done, this is the beginning of a 
long and happy relationship with you and Adobe. Absolutely. Put my money <laughs> yeah. on it. Um, unless you like really piss someone off. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully that won't happen. But yeah, it's been really good. And I think everything that you said, like totally rings true in terms of my experience. And, and one of the other things that I've really loved is being an Adobe Express ambassador, like getting to meet all the other ambassadors um, like that again, not necessarily designers, but like small business owners, people who are using Adobe Express, really interesting people from all over the world, and just being part of like that community and something that's just so much bigger than my little yeah. Cardiff bubble, yeah. <laughs> which I love. I love my Cardiff bubble, but it's nice to be part of something. Now um, you're part of a <laughs> West Coast America bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, um, was Fergie part of the? Um, There's. Did you meet Fergie? No, I don't think so. So she's from, she lives in uh, South London and she was okay. there teaching. And she's, again, she's coming and she's part of the Adobe Live community. Uh, okay. But obviously not the Adobe Express, but mm. yeah, so it's quite nice spotting people from the UK. Yeah. And, and like being part of it and you kind of bond. Like when I saw, I think, I don't know if I posted and you said you were going to be there or I saw you were going to be there and I commented on yours, but I was like really excited for you because it's like, oh yeah, this yeah. is awesome that you're going. Well, I think we for you we you found me on TikTok, didn't you? And then I think you messaged me, and then eventually, and then it all started. Yeah. I started to make all the connections. I was like, oh, okay, he knows Tony. You know, like he's involved with Adobe here, and it all sort of started to click together in my head. And I was like, oh yeah, see you in LA. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the thing I love about it is, um, like you get the connections, and like the thing with James, um, there's two people I follow on TikTok that I just love watching them. Uh, James was one of them and he just kind of popped up on my for you page because I was following a lot of illustrator stuff and it's like he's an English guy he's in Australia but I just love the way he presents and yeah. I, I love his personality and his sense he's of really humor. good and and I just found myself watching all his stuff so I thought like that thing with TikTok famous is I wonder if I contact him and ask him to be on the podcast is he like too good for that or is he going to be open to it? And he was like, oh my God, yeah, I'd love to. Mm. And and it was like really lovely. And when we got to chat, it felt like we'd known each other forever. Yeah. And he's so open and, and I just love what he built. And we were talking about his TikTok branding. And uh, so I'm looking forward to your interview with him because I know yeah. you've talked about, I know you've taken it a step further. And well, now that he's him. like Instagram famous as yeah, well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, That was a recent thing. So I was like, okay, we need to talk about that too. But yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's, I guess like now just the world has opened up and you can build these relationships online like um some of my friends who are not are remotely in this like yeah. sphere or this world at all they they tease me because I'm I'll be like saying oh I'm going I'm going to do this and meet up with so and so and they're like oh how do you know them and I'm like oh well I made friends with them on Instagram yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah they're my internet friend and they're like okay yeah friend. um yeah, <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> And um, yeah, and I I love it. Like I've just I've made some genuinely really good lifelong friends through social media. Um, like I had one of I well you saying about not being a fanboy. I was a total fangirl at Max because I don't know if you follow her, but Kelsey Slay she actually now works for Adobe. Yeah. She does incredible TikToks, and I was following her, and then. I was at like one of the events for the ambassadors and she was just there. And I was like, okay, not to sound too freaky, but I love your TikTok. Yeah. And then 
now we've become really good friends I've interviewed her for the podcast we like message really regularly and it's just it's just really fun like Again, meeting all these different people yeah yeah they're just people who we all love the same thing and yeah and and one of the things I remember doing with you because this is the thing I promote to other people and um and I talk about it so much is you I joined your email list you sent an email saying hey I'm Liz um give some information and you know if you if you've just done that's my email list tell me who you are and what you do yeah so that's what I do I respond yeah, yeah. And respond I love that and... I love when people respond yeah <laughs> the best it's, thing. it's so nice that that people forget to do it. it's a lost art to communicate mm. we consume but we don't communicate and I mean I I joked about it on the podcast we did one uh earlier this year and I gave away some stuff like some he shoots he draws t-shirts and uh my my book Callan's book and I said you know yeah thanks for following the podcast we're here on social media um if you want to win this stuff all you have to do is email me podcast he shoots he com, and I've got three t-shirts I've got like four books um and just I don't know just say anything about the podcast tell me something about yourself nothing do you know what I had a really similar experience because I was like surely you know like I started getting more downloads of my episodes and I was like surely out of all those people that supposedly have like listened to this episode you know like one or two people will reply and it was like crickets and I but I wonder if like people like I feel like podcast like when you listen to podcasts the people are a little bit more removed whereas unless you're like say you're watching them in Instagram stories for example and so maybe they feel more scared or maybe they think that everyone will be replying so they do that's so funny isn't it because I had that exact same experience like whereas if you do a giveaway on Instagram you know like you can get like hundreds of comments or whatever but um yeah so this is top tip if you ever hear a giveaway on the podcast reply you might win (laughs) in fact eventually like i think it was three three or four weeks later i got an email from this guy and um in fact i've sent him a t-shirt i've not heard from him um but yeah he said i'm probably really late to the party um but i just wanted to say i did hear you say about it and i just thought i'd email you and i went back to him and said you're the first person (laughs) yeah and you know we've said on it honestly enter but yeah you're right i think the difference is is because you like you consume a podcast um probably in a car yeah true you're not gonna you're not gonna sit and write uh, a long-winded email (laughs) down and and you know like oh squirrel and yeah, yeah. All, all of a sudden something else has got your attention you get back and you're like I'm sure someone was giving something away I can't remember but mm. then obviously if you can click something on social media so yeah we learned a lesson there but it, it is funny like we were looking at the downloads going this is crazy we've had like this many people listen to it this week no one's contacting us mm. and then we just kind of realized that's not the medium for that yeah but, but I think what you said was so like like almost like a good reminder because I think often like you say we're so used to consuming content that we forget to engage and actually not in a kind of like um to boost engagement but actually just to build relationships and to have that connection and I I love it when people reply to my email newsletter it's like my favorite thing because it's just nice to connect with people and hear what they're up to and what like what 
stage they're at in their business and I now try and do it like if I get an email that I'm like that was such a good email I try and make the effort to actually reply and tell them because that's such a boost to someone you know to hear that someone's appreciated a bit of content that you've put out there um you know like sometimes you just create all this content and it feels like it's just sort of crickets but yeah. actually people are enjoying it it just hasn't necessarily occurred to them to tell you that they're enjoying I know it. And, and that thing of like one billion people like did this single this thing I made amazing but if you just get that one email from someone that was yeah. like oh my god what you said today has changed the way I think about this thank you so much I'm gonna do this in my business and and yeah. it makes you feel so good because you just that one person matters yeah. so You've much. You've had an impact, yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and you're and you're teaching, and that's that's what you want to do is we want to teach them, mm. and and that's what I love now. I've gone from you know doing to sharing and teaching, and even like the book was a, was a scary kind of not an accident. It was something I kind of manifested, but not for me to write. I I just kept joking, saying, oh, you know, to to the publishers, Scott does these books. I mean, Scott's like sold five million books worldwide on photography and design, and and I'm like, God, why can't you just have one more? Why can't I have? How do I do this in InDesign? He's done it Lightroom, done it Photoshop. Look, I'll even mock it up for you and show you <laughs> what it looks like. And then when they spoke to him, because I knew Scott and been teaching for him, he just said, well, if you want, like, if he wants it so badly, get him to write it. I mm. haven't got capacity, but I think it's a great idea. And if anyone can do it, Dave can do it. And I was like, it took me a year to write because obviously I've got a day job, I've got kids. Yeah. And, you know, and then we launched it just before a COVID break. Uh, I know. So, I knew I had quite a few friends launching books around them and I felt so sorry for them. Yeah. It was so tough. But it's uh, it's done all right, and it's got me work, and it's been nice that now you know teaching. Um, I just like to push myself a little bit more, and you you'll find mm. you will like you've done Adobe Max now, and there are other great creative events that I think you'll mm. be perfect for. That I think yeah. you'll start seeing you'll be having conversations with your husband, um, <laughs> yeah. where. I kind of got to go here <laughs> for this. And, uh, I know lots I, of uh, awkward conversations. He's he's booked in two trips for new, next year already because now he's got like, like he's sort of like I don't know what you say. He's got sort of like credit in the bank because I swanned off to LA. Right. So now he's like, um, so I'm going to this conference in Norway. I'm going to this, and I'm like, yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, get him in quick. So yeah. I, the deal I have with my wife now is. Um, I can go if I'm earning and that's it because I did five years of yeah did five years of putting myself out there and you know I said to people when they go oh Adobe Max is too expensive or this is too expensive I really hate that word because I think it's not expensive it's just not affordable Mm. but there will be a time in your life where it will be affordable because you know what are you comparing it to what's it to the software's too expensive this is too expensive mm. it's it's not it's is it affordable can you make money from it can you do it and i decided to the work i was doing i was going to invest the money back into me and i realized that the stuff i really was interested in wanting to do wasn't in the uk it was mm. it was in america i needed to be at events so you know i fa- financed myself for that for 5 years and my wife was really, really patient because our daughters were went from like naught to five in yeah, those five yeah. years. You know, well, they were born um 
to uh yeah just before 2008 2009 so they were only toddlers 16 months between them so they're mm. quite close and you know it was hard but she kind of understood I wasn't just doing it for a jolly you know yeah it was investing it. in something yeah and in it the paid future. off you know yeah. come come 20 kind of 2015 2013 was my first published article in the magazine and then come 2015 it really started to look like I can do something here and now I only travel if I'm earning mm. um, because I've done my groundwork of of going to events out of my own pocket and now it's uh it's part of my business you know I've got a day job this is my side thing that I do mm. um my day job is I'm like basically I'm an art worker I'm a graphic design mm. art worker I've got a nine-to-five job and I've always had a full-time job I've never been freelance and I kind of envy you and your generation of 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 business owners now I don't like the word um I don't like the word entrepreneur no I wouldn't know no because I think just because you started your own business you're a small business owner and you're not an entrepreneur unless you sell that business and someone else buys it off you and you start a new thing a new venture mm. and then so I know I always think entrepreneur puts a lot of pressure on people to be that but the fact that you like you run your own business I really envy you because I would love to do that I would love to push myself more and create more but I just think um it's gonna sound really bad I think I'm past that point um I like the security you know the families the kids are 13 and 14 now it's important mm. that you know they got school and college come in it's been a scary landscape with jobs and work um I mean how how do you find it because obviously you're married you've got children did it when you first decided to go down that route rather than having an actual day job, how did you manage kind of the budgeting of that early on? Awkward conversations? No, not at all no. awkward. Just another uh, long rambly. No, go for I it, go for it. <laughs> but because I, I always had, I, when I came out of university, I had quite a lot of friends that wanted to, you know, their, their dream was to like run their own business, start their own studio. And that never appealed to me. And I always wanted to work for someone else. Um, and I did that for like 10 years. Was it 10 years, seven or oh, eight years? Yeah. Um, and I mean, basically, and this is maybe fairly common for women, but I had kids and I didn't want to go back to my full time job. And so that's really how um the self-employed thing started for me it, not totally because I was like you I was always doing stuff on the side of my job so I had a nine to five but then I'd have people be like oh could you do this for me and I was like actually yeah I'd quite like to do something that's just my own not you know not for my nine to five um so yeah I was working as a graphic designer I was in-house at university for the biggest chunk of that um so then I would take on yeah different projects I actually set up an online stationery shop because I wanted to design things with no client involved just just as like a creative fun, outlet yeah. yeah just for fun personal project and I never really took it that seriously but I was living in London at the time I started going to all different markets it's sort of social media was like like it was around the time when Instagram was really picking up I was starting to get more followers you know and I was like oh I could I could like maybe do something with this but then, yeah, had kids. Um, and basically, after, 
like all sort of within having kids I was doing bits of freelance work I was doing this like online stationery shop um I remember while I was in hospital having had my son like a load of products arrived and I had to like package them up and send them out and all this kind of thing but I really liked that I could sort of take on more or take on less depending on what stage they yeah. were at as kids. Um, and basically we decided that after my first maternity leave, I wouldn't go back to my nine to five. We'd move out of London so that I could really go for it with my own business. So that was kind of how we managed the like money aspect of it. So if we were stayed in London, we both needed, basically we both needed to be earning. High earning, yeah. High earning. But but also there was the issue that if we were both working most of one of our or not most of my salary, but basically one of our salary was going to go on childcare. So that yeah. didn't really work either. So we kind of decided to move out of London, which we'd kind of always planned to do, but we just did it a bit <clears throat> sooner than we expected. Um but then that meant that I could really go for it with my business. So I st- I started yeah doing more freelance stuff but was never doing it full time. And then basically after my daughter was born, so I've got two kids, um, I decided to not do the stationery because I was like, I need to pick one of these businesses and really go for it. And so that's where I just like really doubled down, really went for it, self-employed, you know, really focused on branding for small businesses. Um, Yeah, I guess started to take it really seriously. And then it, so basically over the sort of last three or four years it's really grown because of that but that's how I ended up self-employed rather than you know that always being my goal I now love it don't think I could ever yeah. go back to, back to working for someone else and interestingly part of the reason that I felt like I could do it was that my husband was um salaried and I think often like people don't talk about almost like the privileges you know that that's a yeah. huge privilege like I wasn't it's not like I was having to support people with my self-employed business on my own you know yeah. I had the privilege that we had the security of his income um we could just get about get by on that if I, so there was like less pressure on me yeah. to make loads of money at the beginning which actually it's really hard to be creative if you are worrying about money all the time so that's like another privilege um that was there but then he in lockdown decided that he was going to go self-employed oh, and wow. so now actually we're both self-employed um and so far it's been working it's been working really well for us you know we love the flexibility obviously it's up and down you know like running your own business there's always going to be those you know like invoices don't get paid it's like you know those cash flow issues all that kind of thing you know like we have all those worries and everything but on the most part um we we basically share working and childcare. our youngest daughter starts full-time school next September so we're kind of like not that we're like counting down or anything because then we'll you know then it'll be he'll go back to sort of full-time hours but yeah so we've we've with a lot of sort of yeah privilege involved in meaning that we can do it we're now both self-employed and running our own businesses Um, but it's quite nice because we can like share um we both get what the other one's going through and so I mean we do very different things but but kind of in the same world he he's a he would call it I'll give you his his, what his job title is he's um he would call himself like an uh an educational consultant but he basically designs online courses and advises um big companies or institutions like how they can create online courses so it's 
very, we work very differently, but same, it's, yeah, yeah we're, we're in the same, same wheelhouse. Yeah, we're not like miles apart. So yeah, yeah it's and fun. it's good that you've got that teamwork because that's again, that's that thing of, um, you know, my my wife works, and I, I must admit, I'm at the point in my life, and I know there's only one person at work I work with, Stuart, that listens to the podcast. Hi, Stuart. Um, <laughs> that I can say this that I hope this job I'm currently doing is the last office nine to five job I ever do in my life Mm. because the frustration of it is you know I do the work we we design packaging it's for a cookware company so like at the weekend I took my daughter to um, comic-con and then we went into white city uh westfield and i took her in the shop and i was going uh, see that i designed see that, that. Box? Yeah. I designed that i designed that, that. even the little, even the little tickets on the on the shelf i did those i did those knives i did those pans and <laughs> and it's nice it's cool it's you know mm. but it's it's not a designer's job it's a it is artworking because everything has to look a certain way but there are frustrations with it one of the things being i've not got enough holiday days to do the stuff I want to do next year and already mm. next year is looking to be like a crazy year for me of doing stuff because I made contacts at Max that are turning into work now and relationships with software and other companies off the back of what I did at Astute um, that now I'm kind of you know my brain is starting to think like how much would I have to do and could I confidently earn what I'm earning which isn't great at the moment um I could probably do that but it's that thing like I said before I had a salary and I had my side business so I ran it as a sole trader so I you know this is day job pay my tax but when you kind of go well this actually earns what this earns I'll stop doing that you've just halved your income yeah so you've got this has got to earn twice this Mm. and that's that's kind of the scary part at the moment is like I need to earn still got a few years on the mortgage so that balance for me is that's why I kind of like don't mind that I'm not doing it because I love watching people like you who are doing it because it's good to see that people are having success Mm. and I kind of get enthusiasm from that that I see like looking at your website earlier and just seeing how you've laid your website out and how you sell yourself and and your services and your personality it's, it's so many things I've not done. And mm. and I'm thinking, you know, I've got, I, I paid, I went to Squarespace, got my website done. I've got a newsletter list, but I've only got about 300, about 375 people on there. And I sent an email out and said, hey, look, I'm really sorry. Are you all signed up to get my book or some free Illustrator brushes? And I really appreciate it. Um, but I also know, you know, email inbox gets bombarded every day. Um, I am going to be sending some stuff out. I've got this newsletter I'm going to do, but like, here's a big button. You can unsubscribe right now and never hear from me again. And I totally understand why I'm giving you the chance now. Like, so press this button if you don't want to hear from me anymore. Three people unsubscribed. Oh, wow. Excuse me. Um, So that was quite, okay. I need to get they, my arse in gear. They want to be here, Because yeah. they want to hear this stuff. So, I, uh, so I'm so i now starting to work on my MailChimp account and thinking, okay, well, I need to put content out. I've got affiliates with really good companies now and I'm not using them. I'm not earning mm. from them. And But the more I think about doing is like, but I can't do any of that during the day. Yeah, is- it's such a hard juggle. And I think that's like a tension that so many people, exp- like, I guess 
for me I didn't have that because I was on like I had kids and went on maternity leave and I think if I'd had to take that leap I would have found it really really difficult and I think one of this is like a slight tangent but one of I have a real bee in my bonnet about designers who are sniffy about people that have nine to five jobs because I actually think like great like ha- get, have the security and yeah. then like obviously like you're saying it's hard because you don't have the daytime to work on it but I've got loads of friends who've got like part like part-time jobs and then they're like an illustrator and I just think that's you've got to do what you need to do like it shouldn't be this um like there's a, there's never one right way to do anything, no. right? You've got to find the way that works for you, for your family, for like supporting your kids, for, you know, giving yourselves that security that you need. And it just really bugs me if anybody, because I was like, I was working nine to five for ages. And I remember some people, some like designer friends being really like sniffy about it. And I was just like, get a grip, you know, like I am. Yeah. I am doing a job that I enjoy and I'm making money to support myself. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. It's, um, I even like um, a friend of mine, Mark, um, he does the Creative Waffle podcast. Mark's like 24 now. And I, I met Mark when he was like, 18 mm. and he was so young. And it was funny because I met him at Creative South in Atlanta and we were sat chatting and I had to take his beer from him because the police were in, came in the building and because he's I under 21. Yeah. So I, like, I had to like sit there with two beers and he sit with no beers. He's like, hi. But um, I like took him, uh, no, I'm not going to, because I think it does him a disservice by saying I took him under my wing. I gravitated towards him because he was like a son, but also a mate, but I loved his enthusiasm. He lived at home with his mum and dad and he decided to like straight out of school. He went to Shillington in London, mm. did a course, wanted to run his own business. And, you know, by 18, he's running a podcast where he's speaking to Paul Asher. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Sag, Stefan Sagmeister. Um, I discovered him because I was looking for Aaron Draplin interviews and I saw that. And it was so the interview with him and Aaron, sorry, Mark, if you're listening, the interview with Aaron was so like, cringy because he like went in with no prep and Aaron being Aaron it was like a bear and a mouse Mm. but I thought fair play mate you know you've got the balls to do this and and he's starting to get clients and he was doing good work and he was doing personal projects and and I said to him god when I was at school the careers teacher never ever Mm. had a conversation with me that when I leave college or school, because I didn't even go to college, I left school at 16. When I leave school, I could start up my own business. It was unheard of. Yeah. You you had a trade or you went into an office um, and there was no, there was no creative jobs. You didn't start your own studios. So I said to him like, you're so lucky right now. You, you do not realize the opportunity, opportunity you have. But what I would recommend is this, is just go and get a job for six months. Mm. Go and work in a building, in an office with other people for six months and work with a Karen, work with an egotistical boss, work with the awkward accounts department, work with, um, you know, people around you who are social, like climbing the ladder, corporate ladder. of There's all this competition. So because if you don't experience that when you're dealing with companies you are never going to understand the relationship 
that mm-hmm. is going on there when you're like, why aren't they responding to me? Well, it's because mm-hmm. Kevin in accounts is a dick and he's not going to pay invoices on time. And, <laughs> you know, the woman in marketing does this and she's got 20 people working under her. I think you need to sometimes just go and get a job and work and understand what that environment's like. Mm-hmm. Cause I think when you become a creative and you start working with companies, you have an understanding of, of that environment to know what it's like. Cause the, if you don't and so all of a sudden you've got to get a job and you've never experienced it god mm. just you know just imagine going from self-employed uh-huh. at 18 and at 24 you've got to get a full-time nine-to-five job yeah what a shock to the system yeah. but also like i i re i'm really glad that i didn't start like that i had jobs to start off with because yeah. i actually learned so much from my colleagues like design wise you know like that's one of the things that I really miss now is not having someone sat at the desk next to me that I can be like, oh, what do you think of this? Or is there a better way that I could do this? Could I do this quicker? You know, like that they're just sitting there and they're, ha- you know, they're more experienced, they're older, they're happy to give you their wisdom. And like, yeah, you can get that, you know, like that, like we, you know, sort of circling back to the Adobe lives, you can get that to some extent from watching other people work online. You know, that is one of the things I like about Adobe Live is that you can sit there and watch someone else's process, basically, of how they design things, because, you know, we all do it in different yeah. ways. But I do miss, I, I really appreciate that time I spent working with colleagues and was able to learn from them. And I think that's really helped me. Like, it wasn't as big a leap then for me to go self-employed because I actually learned loads, even just like how to manage my workload, how to organize my files, you know, all this kind of stuff. I wasn't having to sort of work that out from scratch. I was able to sort of take what I'd learned and build on that instead of sort of starting from nothing. But I think, like you say, I mean, what a time to be alive. Like, you can just you can just put yourself out there online and who knows who's going to find you. Um, It's just so different from when I graduated. It's just, it is crazy. Yeah. Like Dave, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, well, astronaut mostly. <laughs> um, But I don't like heights. So that's yeah, out yeah. The window. So I don't know. I want to be an architect. I want, I was really good at technical drawing. I was good at art. Mm. I want to be an architect. I want to design stuff. Now, kids are like what do you want to be when you grow up youtuber yeah i want to be on twitch and this that's not a real job and it's very (laughs) short-lived but to them that is a job Mm. because they see like my daughter absolutely loses uh when she sees anything with dan tdm who's this guy on youtube who does gaming stuff okay and she i don't know who that is (laughs) no and and i only know because she talks about it but it's this guy and um he basically plays computer games on youtube uh, like minecraft and stuff and she watches that he was something like the seventh richest person on youtube <gasps> no he was way. worth like 17 million dollars oh my god and he was and he was like 20 18 19 20 like really young mm. um and it, like he's grown up he's married got kids he's still creating content but it's it's like well think about it you know we i was scratching around to earn 32 pound a week these kids are they they're absolutely finding it, putting the effort in, working on it, and making huge sums of money very, very early on. Mm. And have kind of built the security for the rest of their you know, for the rest of their life that gives them the flexibility to do whatever they want and experiment and travel and so But like, there's so much hard stuff that comes with it. Cause I yeah. actually think, you know, like this it's it's like 
when you know I always think it's like when you hear of an actor be like oh I was in this play and I'm not going to read the reviews and I feel like when you're putting yourself out there online like obviously part of that is going to have to be is dealing with sort of Hate. I don't know yeah negative not that like that necessarily is going to happen but you're at some point you're going to have like some negative comment or some criticism yeah. and so I feel I actually feel like really I think I think I'm kind of like the last sort of generation that remembers not having mobile phones and and didn't have social media when I was a teenager and so I feel actually relieved that I didn't have to navigate all of this then because I feel like I'm in a much better I mean I still find it really hard yeah. to be honest but like men- so mentally, but much mentally better I feel it. yeah to deal with it now and I think yeah I mean the potential of what you can do from a really young age but also like you ha- you haven't had that time to sort of build that mental resilience or be really like confident about who you are so that actually if someone makes a negative comment it doesn't you know like you. totally yeah. crush you i mean i i am not that mentally resilient it still does crush me a bit but at the same time i feel like it's not going to send me into this like total spiral yeah um but yeah I, yeah it's it's there's just so many pros and cons isn't there to what's been your what's been your favorite negative comment you've received online for stuff you've done because i've my got one favorite one was i talked about this on my podcast actually it was this guy who was i it was like it was an adobe live and this guy was like everything terrible everything rubbish and i was just like well first of all who are you like are oh, you putting out I, lis- I did listen to this one yeah you did an episode just about that negative feedback and, and it, how it made you feel yeah. yeah and it did like it did send me into like a brief panic spiral but then i was uh, what actually really helped me was um james martin who is made by james yeah. who people should follow he at uh, that day put out a, a post where someone had basically was like I think the comment he got was something like, why are you even teaching artists your work is rubbish or something like that? Because he does a lot of educational stuff. And he was like, well, as if I'm going to take advice from you, you don't even share any content online. Not sorry, not advice. It was if I'm going to like pay any heed to your comment. And I was like, actually, that's a really good point. And that's really helpful. You know, like anyone can make a negative comment online, but are they showing up? Are they like having the guts to share their work? Like, yeah so um yeah that one I mean at the time I was a bit like oh rough but now I'm just a bit like well who are you and do I care what you think no yeah and so and I do know who you are because I sat outside your house and I watch you come and go to work and you drive a crappy car (laughs) 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 oh dear it's cough um but yeah my my favorite one was uh I I did a class and it was about 300 people in there and I like prepared it beforehand. I had all my slides ready. It was an InDesign class and I put it all together and it was kind of part InDesign, part graphic design. I was, I was explaining what InDesign did and then we, we did some stuff through and I was like, people watch, they can't join in. So it was very much like I didn't want to be too boring. I wanted to make it fun. And at the end, they fill in this form and you you get you get all the comments, you get all the feedback and, you know, you're going through and it's like, oh, I learned so much. I didn't realize I could do that in InDesign. And oh, wow, I'm going to use InDesign more. And then I got to this comment and it just said, awful. Looks like he put it together the night before. <gasps> Brutal. I know. <laughs> and and it was like, what? <laughs> Why would you say that? Like, 
what you're the only person that said that and yeah. i can't remember it was you told me but they said when it comes to feedback whenever you get feedback take the best best feedback you've got and the worst feedback you've got and bin them because mm. the best feedback you got is your mum yeah oh my god amazing oh my my child is <laughs> i love everything ever. you do yeah, yeah. You're, you're just you, you could have like farted and, and i would throw <laughs> petals at you um and then the worst one is the guy that he's just turned up in your class and he's got a text off his wife or a partner or female man i'm leaving you for the milkman kind of mm. worst day ever I don't know what's going on with them yeah they totally. going to room and they're just going to take it out on the first person they, they can they just want to say something mean and it's like well do you know what you sat there for the whole hour because nobody got up and walked out so mm. i lived rent free in your head for an hour you got mm. to sit and watch me um so yeah just ignore the best ignore the worst and then kind of take the rest in the middle and the rest in the middle was fantastic because like filling me with mm. joy but that one like stuck with me that was 2017 it's so hard how much they stay don't they because I remember like it did I really mulled over it for a while and I had I actually I actually had a really lovely chat with Tony about it and he gave me a really good pep talk about it as well because like yeah it's you know like you'll get so many positive comments and you forget them and then you'll get this one negative comment and it'll just like worm around in your head for ages but one of the best bits of advice I've ever been given is to create a people call it different things but basically create a folder and save a positive so it could be like client testimonials it could be like a nice email so I've got a folder in my email that's like amazing emails Yeah, yeah feel good emails and then I've got a folder um on my phone of screenshots where people have like left a nice comment or said something positive about the podcast or something like that and then on those days where you get one really rubbish one you can just go back to remind yourself of all the positive ones and that has definitely helped me yeah definitely and and the like you said the negative ones if you actually go and try and find them there's no content you know yeah. if, if if i'd posted something and like aaron draplin had commented <laughs> that's that's awful i would be like you're my friend um but yeah generally most of them are just but actually he wouldn't comment like that because if he if he was going to give you feedback so this is the other thing is if it's not constructive then it's not helpful so if he had something negative to say he is going to give you feedback on how to improve instead of just being like oh it's terrible it's rubbish and so i think that's another helpful um because you know we've we could we can all improve we can all learn and sometimes you know asking for feedback is a really good thing to do even though it can be painful because then you can get better but yeah if someone doesn't give you anything constructive then yeah. if it's like it. <laughs> i don't like yeah. your accent oh or, yeah yeah, yeah that, or you know you speak too loud or something but yeah i like um if i don't like critiquing things because i just think sometimes there's a bit you're you're missing yourself but I will always give feedback, like going back to the email thing. I'll always give feedback and say, I really love that thing you did because mm, um, yeah. I really love that video you did because I was trying to work out like how to create a, a GIF from a video, but I mm. wanted to do it in Adobe Express. I went on YouTube, your video came up and it mm. totally explained and I followed it and it's like, ah, okay, that's how I can do that. I don't have to go in Photoshop and timeline and, you know, I can yeah. do it that way. But if I'm out on the road, I can do it that way. So, 
I would, even though I haven't done it to you, I, I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you now. Um, but yeah, I think if you see something, like just say, um, "Oh hey," or another thing yeah. is like, I don't, I don't mean to be rude when I say this, but I was watching your class and there's this really cool tip I learned in in Illustrator from someone mm. else that makes that process easier, um, which is this. Um, but like most things, you know, you, as long as you get to the end result your way. But I just thought I'd share this tip. Yeah, that this um, might be helpful for yeah, you. And yeah, yeah, totally. Not, they're like, oh, cool, I didn't know that. My I've favorite... had so many comments like that on TikTok, and I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. That's really helpful. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite one I share are in InDesign, which um, the first time I, the first time I shared this was. Uh, when I was teaching for Scott Kelby and he was like, you're going to, you're going to nail it. You're going to be great. You're going to teach in design. And I said, well, I'm going to start off with this really easy one. And then I'm going to give them this really good tip. That's going to blow their mind. And I said, you probably know both. The first one is this. And it's when you put type uh, text in a box and the box is bigger than the text. If you just double click one of the corners, it will snap. Mm -hmm. and, and he just looked at me and went, I've been using InDesign for 20 years or 18 years. I did not know you could do that. Yeah. And I went, oh, you're joking. He said, no, I always resize it manually. I said, yeah, you can just double click the corner or the bottom. It will snap up or snap across. doesn't always work fantastically. It does its own thing. But generally it works. I said, the second tip is, what if you could type in a box and in design and the box kept expanding as you were typing? And he said, well, you can't do that in InDesign. I said, yes, you can. You could just go into uh, object text frame options and you, there's a setting that says auto expand the text box as you keep typing and you can decide if it's left or down and you can decide where the type starts top middle and then I showed him and he just went okay you're going to be fine but I and, feel like everybody has everybody has these things yeah. I, well maybe not like maybe not the total sort of like masters of product but I I sort of you see so many people doing things in different ways and we all have our, I, I definitely do, do things the fastest ways, but yeah, like I think I've seen loads of people have similar experiences to well, you. James. Where, yeah. James where James, pencil. yeah. I I'm love that. That's thinking, why I know. How did you not know that? It's like, I, but yeah, unless someone, unless someone's shown you another time, you've yeah. never thought of doing it. And then like, and it was funny because I was going to say to you, the other person I follow on TikTok, if you don't follow her already, is Sharon, S-R-H. Um, oh, uh, I do. No, I do. Feed, her feed is E. E. So her business name is her initials spelled out. So it's E-S-S-A-R-A-I-T-C-H. And okay. she run, she, her business is like what you said you did at the beginning. She makes books and stationery and stickers. Okay. And, um, and she kind of, follows james and there was a little connection and i like watching her content because she just shares her day in the office mm. oh nice she shared his video of that and she got like a million views and he got twenty thousand. yeah and it was quite funny he said like tiktok i made the content and someone else gets the million views <laughs> yeah um, oh, i saw him sharing that yeah i that's what i really like about james is that he's so down to earth like i love that whole pen tool thing and actually that one I think did go viral yeah. or one of them went viral. I definitely did on Instagram I think yeah. and I think that's the thing is you don't always want people who are like the slick polished finished article and I guess um I am definitely 
not not that and um I just I don't know I think that just makes people a bit more relatable and James's thing where he was like oh my goodness how did I not know that this was a thing because so many people will have related to whether it was that tip or something else everyone else will have been like well yeah that's happened to me um and it's just so relatable isn't it and I love the way that he does that and that that's one of the things that when I watch him and like watching your content Adobe live and you just see the way it's presented and I'm like, God, he just does that so well. I know most of this stuff, but I don't think I can get it out there like he gets it out there. Mm. So, and it's funny, you mentioned someone, it's like, you know, some people, like I know so many people in the industry and every once in a while, there's someone who just is not, not in my radar, not in my circle, not connected. You mentioned James Martin. I know who Mm. he is and I see him everywhere. Never spoken to the guy, never... I think I commented once on one of his videos and, and there wasn't a response, but I thought, well, he does get a lot of comments, but he's just one of those people that a lot of people talk about. I've not, I've not met him. I've not spoken to him. I've had no connection with him yet, but he's doing really well. Mm, and he's yeah. got his growth is coming through and it's quite cool to see, you know, another UK person developing a personality and you know putting himself out there and doing stuff and i'm sure he'll be at events Mm. soon it'd be lovely if adobe max could do europe i know i I know there's so much great (laughs) quality content in europe from Mm. from designers that That would be awesome awesome. definitely and because you know you we were sort of talking about the price before um, you know, there's going to be a whole group of people, right, that can't go to Adobe Max in LA. I mean, aside from the cost, you know, like the fact that it's so far away, you know, like there's all different um, factors. But yeah, it'd be so, it would be amazing to have yeah. something that was a bit nearer. There was going to be one in Portugal just before uh, COVID. I heard about that, yeah. yeah. And and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that over the next two or three years when life sort of gets back to normal that they That's... might consider a small scale yeah. Mac, European Max, and, yeah. and we can be part of that. Look, I've been chatting to you for <laughs> an hour and a half. I'm so I sorry. Know. You were like, um, we'll keep it under an yeah, hour. <laughs> but, but I always, always have this problem, and then I really it's like so chatting fun. to you. Um, yeah. Thank you for being on. I would love you to come back on again because there's a couple of like subjects I'd love to talk to you about. That yeah, are sure. Design world. But um, it's been awesome to meet you at Max. It's been awesome to get to know you and following your content. Mm. Tell everyone um, where to find you. Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram. At, my handle's at Liz M. Mosley. There's an extra M, which always confuses people. Um, and then my website's LizMosley.net. Um, you can, if you Google me in Adobe Live, you can go watch my Adobe Lives. Um, I'm on TikTok with the same handle. Podcast. Twitter. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Podcast. <laughs> Thanks. I can't believe I forgot that. Um, yeah. Check out my podcast. It's called Building Your Brand and it's all about branding and marketing for small businesses. And I, yeah, I love it. It's really fun. I've got some, uh, yeah, exciting guests coming up. Uh, quite a few of who I met at Adobe Max. So yeah, <laughs> that'll good. be fun. Yeah. Thanks for and having if, me. No. And if anyone listens to your podcast, please message Liz and say if you enjoyed it and what you learned from it and let yes. her know that you've been and listened and learned. So, And if I do a giveaway, enter, because no one else yeah. will respond. <laughs> Get the free stuff. All right. Well, thank you very much, Liz. Thanks for your time. Thank it's you. 10, it's 10 past 10 here. And even, oh, I do have to ask you one thing. Yeah. Because while we've been sat in here, do you know how Wales did? Oh, no, but I've had texts going through on my phone. So go I have... check before we go, because I, I, know, I know they were one nil <gasps> down. Hang on. Let me uh 
Let me fight. Oh no, they haven't texted me the final score. How did Wales do? Let's go out on a high. Come on. Oh, they oh drew... are you looking it up? I can't find it. They drew one all. One all. Gareth Bale, I think, did well. He did, yes. a, he did an amazing he, goal. He got a... Uh, Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale scored. Good old yeah, Gareth. Yeah, good old Gareth. All right. Well, we've got you next Friday, I think, now. I know. It's going to be tense. My husband's yeah. English. It's going to be a tense, tense I, in our I house. Think, I think what I need to do is... Um, oh, no, I think I'm it's like, next Tuesday. It's a week Tuesday. Oh, week Tuesday. Oh, I'm yeah. going to see if I can get the podcast out on that Tuesday. <laughs> and do the Eng- England-Wales. It's going to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's going to be oh. tense, tense in our house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no, this, thank you very much, Liz. And, oh, thanks um, for having me. Say, this, will, this will be out fairly soon after we've spoken. So I think I'm going to put yours out before Ian's because Ian's is a two-parter and I okay. really want to get this one out. Okay. So thank you and uh, cool. I'll catch up with you soon. <laughs>